0: Good to see you guys this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter two. We'll be uh, this morning, and as you turn there, I would love to uh, pray and ask God to be with our time and His Word uh, this morning. Uh, Father God in heaven, Lord, I thank You for a uh, time to gather this morning as Your people uh, with Your people, uh, Lord, a time to reflect on Your goodness to us, uh, God, as we celebrate the good news of Your Son Jesus, uh, the birth of our Savior, of our King. I God, I pray that now. Uh, Your Holy Spirit would uh, quiet our minds, quiet our hearts, uh, God, so that we may hear a word from you uh, through your scriptures that your Holy Spirit inspired. Uh, So God, I ask that you dwell here with us, that you uh, give us um, minds to understand, ears to hear, eyes to see, Uh, God, that you would awaken our hearts uh, to beat with uh, life renewed by your spirit and the good news of Jesus. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Friends, in Christ Jesus, you were loved and cared for. And the good news of Advent is that Jesus is our true and better shepherd who cares for his people both now and for eternity. This week we heard a horrible tragedy in Connecticut. And I'll be honest with you guys. We uh, the sermon is going to be a little different this morning in light of that tragedy. Uh, had to shift gears a little bit in response to uh, the evil and the tragedy that happened in Connecticut. Um, I was with my kids uh, this week when I heard the news of the school shooting. And, uh, and uh, you know, just a heaviness, a weight that pulls you down. Uh, it was my day off, and so I was spending time with my family, with my kids, at a, at a kids' museum, and there's children everywhere, and we're just having a great time, and I hear the news of what happened in Connecticut. And the weight of suffering and immense uh, evil uh, that I can't even fathom that those families are going through. And uh, it's a time to, to, where really you have to face your faith and face whether or not Jesus is good enough. Right? When we see evil and suffering and despair, we think, really, how can there be a good God? Right? And so it's a time, here we are during Advent season, celebrating a time of joy and hope when our Savior is born. And in the midst of that, there's this evil... Tragedy, But when we look throughout Scripture, we see that time and time again that that throughout biblical history, uh, God's people were faced with suffering and oppression and atrocities and evil um, time and time again. And all the while, God promises that he is their hope, that he is their salvation, that he is their shepherd, that he will care for his people in the midst of suffering and tragedy at the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 48, um, what we know as the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, out of whom that family line comes God's people Israel, and from that family line comes Jesus, our Savior, the Savior of the world. We see in Genesis 48, as Jacob is blessing his son Joseph, he says, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, so from that understanding that God is a shepherd, Jacob is blessing his son Joseph, and, and down the line, God's people come, and Jesus finally comes. Psalm 23 that you're familiar with, a psalm of David, a prayer, a song, saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me after the time of David God's people once again uh, find, found themselves in exile they found themselves being oppressed again by external governments and forces and the prophet Isaiah uh, God promises through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40:11 he will tend his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms, he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Again, we see that God promises to be a shepherd to his people. He promises to care for his people, leading them through adversity, through hardship, through evil, through suffering, through oppression. In the first century, under the Roman rule, God's people experienced great oppression. Under the rule of uh, the Caesars, God's people, found themselves uh, being oppressed and abused and ostracized and taxed. And in fact, during the time of Jesus, King Herod, um, in, a, in a way to try to attempt to stop the prophecy of a new king being born, King Herod had all of the two-year-old male boys' uh, children uh, killed. So here we are in the first century, and you're living uh, in, in the land that you think God has given you and you're one of God's people and then here King Herod comes and kills all of the kids ages two and younger, all the male children. And in the midst of that, we hear this good news. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the lord so we come from a history of hardship a history of suffering a history of evil here in our nation this week we experienced collectively as a people just immense hardship when we see what happens to people and their children in Connecticut but then here we are on the in the advent season celebrating the birth of our savior Jesus and so what is what is this good news and how does it prompt joy in the midst of hardship I want you to think about the nativity story. I want you to think about Luke chapter 2 that we see that in this region there were shepherds in a field and that the angels of heaven come down and just pronounce to these shepherds there is good news of great joy that today a Savior is born. And there's a reason that God's angel spoke to shepherds. There's a reason that the little nativity place that you have, you have like little donkeys and camels and Jesus in a manger and you have these little shepherds. God spoke to shepherds not only to give them this good news, but as, a, as an illustration of what God was doing at the birth of Jesus. That Jesus is our true and better shepherd. You see, in Matthew chapter 2, Matthew quotes the prophet Micah, who says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Last week we talked about Jesus being the true and better king, the true and better ruler. And today we're seeing how Jesus is a true and better shepherd as God has promised for generations all throughout the Old Testament that he would indeed be the shepherd to his people. And then here we see the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the true and better shepherd for you and I, today and always. As Jesus grows up a couple decades after his birth, we see in John chapter 10, Jesus is teaching about being the true and better shepherd. In verse 7 of John chapter 10, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is good news for us. As we celebrate the coming of Jesus, the true and better king, the true and better shepherd, I want us to notice some things that Jesus promises in his teaching here, seeing that his birth is the fulfillment of God's promises to his people for generations. For hundreds of years throughout the Old Testament, God is saying, I am your shepherd, I will shepherd you, I will care for you, I will send you a true shepherd who will shepherd not only Israel, but all my people, both now and forever. And that's such good news. And at the birth of Christ, we see the fulfillment of that promise. And then Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I am your true and better shepherd. So there's a few things I want us to realize about Jesus being our true and better shepherd because it's a, the nature of a shepherd. We don't, we don't have a lot of shepherds around here. I mean, maybe. but um, So we don't really know what it means to be a shepherd. But in, in the first century, this would really resonate with people saying, wow, yeah, there's shepherds everywhere. We know what it takes to be a shepherd. We see that a shepherd knows his sheep. A shepherd leads his sheep. A shepherd provides for his sheep and a shepherd protects his sheep. That's what a shepherd does. He knows, leads, provides for, and protects his sheep. And so for you and I today, if we belong to Jesus, Jesus is our true and better shepherd. We, we know that Jesus knows us, leads us, provides for us, and protects us. Let's look at that uh, real quick here. We see in verse 14 of John chapter 10 uh, that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. That's a profound statement, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is saying, look, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Do you ever think about, I mean, as people, we want to be known, right? I mean, now, in the social media age, more than ever, we, let's just face it, we're all electronic narcissists. I and mean, we are. We want everybody to know, we're doing. I'm at the grocery store getting milk. <laughs> All of you are, were just dying to know that I was getting milk at the grocery store yesterday, right? And, and often, not always, but often sometimes our tweets on Twitter or Facebook status or Instagram posts, and I'm just saying, I have these things, I'm not knocking it. But oftentimes we, we want people to know it. We want to feel important. We want to be known. We want to feel valued and cherished. We want to feel like there's some significance in who we are and what we're doing, right? And all the while we miss the promise that that we are known by by Jesus Christ. That's amazing. You don't have to tweet or Facebook anything in order for Christ to know you. Now now, now the knowledge he's using here is not just like, hey, I know that guy, I know that guy. He's in my algebra class. No, it's like an intimate knowledge. Jesus, Jesus knows you like a husband knows his wife. I mean he knows you intimately inside and out he knows your your flaws he knows your strength I mean, he made you and he knows you and it is a a loving knowledge a relational loving knowledge that Jesus has for his sheep for you and I as Christians and see that's a good news if you think about it because if we we can often gloss over that and forget like you know when things are going very poorly for us. We feel like, man, we feel like abandoned by God, man. I mean, the job's not working out the way I thought it was. This relationship's not working the way I thought it was. School is really hard. Or you could be faced with immense catastrophic tragedy. You're thinking, where is God in all this? I mean, illness with your children or even death. You're thinking, where is God in all this? And all the while, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, I know you. I know where you are. I know what's going on. And he knows you because he loves you. A pastor that I know said just this week, it's okay to not be okay. Because God loves you for who you are, not who you should be. And that gives me great hope in knowing that Jesus knows us inside and out, knows us intimately and relationally, and we're his sheep, and we're dirty creatures, and we make a mess and we bite each other and uh, we're not okay but god knows us and he loves us and he cares for us because jesus is our true and better shepherd but secondly we see that a shepherd not only knows his sheep uh, but a sheep know him and that's really good news because we all the while, find ourselves trying to pursue this knowledge of God, whether it be through education or philosophy or even doing good things, thinking if I, can, if I can do good things to impress God, then maybe I'll get to know him a little better. But all the while, Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd. Because I'm Jesus, I know my sheep and they know me. And that should take the weight off of us from trying to impress God or each other when we can just be real with each other. We can say, look, we're a mess and it's okay because Jesus knows me and Jesus knows you. And he loves us anyway. We are part of his flock, his fold. So we can push away any societal or religious pretensions and just push them to the side and say, look, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. And Jesus loves me and gives me great comfort. I don't have to impress God. I don't have to impress you because I belong to Jesus. I'm happy about that. Is that not freeing good news for you? Is that not the best news we can celebrate at Advent? Like, you know, when you go to a holiday party and maybe your your eggnog is awful and everybody at the party is just like, this is the worst eggnog anybody's ever made, ever. It's okay. God loves you. The people at the party may not like you in that moment, but in the end, you belong to Jesus. It's okay. Make nasty eggnog to the glory of God. Moving on. So the good news is that Jesus is our good and better... The true and better shepherd, he knows us, and we know him, and that's good news for us. That frees us to just be who we are, warts and all, fleas and all, nastiness and all. But secondly, the shepherd not only knows his sheep, but he leads his sheep. And this is very comforting as well to know. In verse 16, Jesus says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Do you know that when Jesus calls, if you are his sheep, you will listen to his voice. You'll hear his voice. He will lead you. He will guide you in all the ways of life. In America, uh, one pastor and author said that um, individualism is the great North American heresy. (laughs) Because in in our individualistic pursuits, uh, sometimes we fail to to trust Jesus and trust the the people he's placed us to live life with in community. And therefore, we uh, pursue things looking out for number one. Right? We are very self-reliant, competitive people trying to make our own way, are we not? And this could be with anything. It could be with your, your faith, and we can just say, look, I'm just going to do better and try harder. Are you? <laughs> um, it could be with your relationships, with your job, with your school. We can, we can try to make our own path in life, just trying to do it in our own strength. And all the while, Jesus says, look, I am your shepherd. I will lead you. You will know my voice. You will listen to my voice. And this is good news because this is Jesus speaking. Jesus doesn't lie. And so if you're a Christian, you can trust that Jesus is leading you into his fold, into his flock. I love that he says, hey, there are other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. They will listen to my voice so there will be one flock and one shepherd. I mean, this is great news for us because Jesus is speaking to a Jewish community saying, hey, this is the, you know, the sheep of God, but I have other sheep out there that I'm going to bring in. Like those are Gentile pagans. That's me and you, right? Uh, that are being brought into the fold of God out of his goodness. He is calling us. He is leading us. And this works not only for our being accepted by God and his people, but also just how we live life. That if you belong to Jesus, he is leading you. He is guiding you. And you can trust him. This often plays out in our day-to-day motivations. I would just kind of ask you, like, what prompts your decision-making in life? I mean, when you get up in the morning and you have to make a small decision, like, what shirt do I wear today? Or a big decision like, what job should I take? What city should I move to? What school? What, what education should I pursue? And, and all that. What guides those motivations within you? Is it uh, uh, an individualistic, like, I'm just going to be awesome on my own? Or... Are you paralyzed by fear of indecision? Like, uh, I'm scared of making a bad decision. I'm scared of uh, screwing up. Here's the good news, friends, is that in Christ, you're being led uh, in the will of God. And uh, you can kind of trust Jesus to lead you. So uh, don't be afraid to make decisions uh, in your pursuit of the Lord because he is calling you He knows you, and he is calling you, and he says here that his sheep know his voice, and they will listen to his voice, and that's good news. Thirdly, I'll say this, is that a shepherd provides for his sheep, and we see in verse 9 and 10, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly Here's the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus is saying, look, my, my sheep are going to go in and out of the gate and they're going to find pasture. That's very basic sustenance. God is going to provide for your needs here and now, yes. But he goes beyond that. He says, look, my, my sheep not only will go in and out and have um, pasture, he says they will have life and have it abundantly. This is not God promising that you will be rich and that you will have everything your you know, heart desires materially. What this is promising is that in Christ we are taken care of. He will watch out for you. He will be sure that you have your daily bread, what you need. And also that your life will be full because your life is characterized by joy in the gospel, the good news that your Savior has come. And this changes everything for you and I today. Often we, and I fall victim to this, often we think that uh, our life is our own. Right, We think, okay, my decisions are my own, my relationships are my own, my uh, house, my material possessions, my money, my opportunities, those are all mine, and so I can do with them as I please. But we see that in actuality, if we are Christ's sheep and we belong to his flock, then that house is not your house. It's Jesus's, and you are stewarding it. That money in the bank is not your money, it is Jesus's. And you are stewarding it. Those decisions you have to make, those opportunities before you with work and school, God has laid those before you. The relationships you have are God's doing. He has orchestrated other sheep to be in your life. And there's a reason for that. When we realize that Jesus is our true and better shepherd, that he knows us and we know him, that he leads us and we are to follow and listen, that he provides for us, we see that we are no longer owners but stewards that the things and people and relationships and opportunities that are before us in our lives, that, that Jesus says he is leading to an abundant life, that these are things that Jesus puts in, his, in our lives for his glory and our joy, and so that the good news of Jesus may go forward. And if you think about this, this will flip everything upside down. I mean, we've been doing this Advent conspiracy uh, thing, and like I said, we kind of took a little detour this week in light of uh, national tragedy, but we see that, that when we talk about the Advent conspiracy, we're talking about having your Christmas turned upside down, saying, look, it's not about what you can get and how much you spend, but rather you should spend less and give more. And then in so doing, we are pointing others to Jesus and showing the generous heart that our God exhibits in the birth of Jesus Christ. And so this will change everything if we see that Jesus is our true and better shepherd who knows us and we know him, that he leads us because he calls us and we listen, and that he provides for us. Therefore, we don't have to be owners Trying to um, acquire things and stuff for our own enjoyment, but rather we see ourselves as stewards, that God has given us uh, immense opportunities, relationships, material things, uh, and, and laying out before us an abundant life. And lastly, I'll say this is that Jesus is our true and better shepherd. A shepherd knows, leads, provides for, and protects his flock. In verse uh, 11. Uh, in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then in verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Uh, even before that, he says that he is the door. In verse 9, I am the door. You see, Jesus is um, a good and better, true and better shepherd because he protects his sheep. This protect his, He protects us from... Um, uh, it, from uh, making monumental catastrophic decisions. He protects us from falling into uh, the effects of um, the disasters and destruction that sin brings in our life. He protects us uh, eternally uh, because we are his own. And so you and I today often are pursuing uh, our identity by, by finding our security in something or someone. We we find our security in saying, look, I'll be protected if I have X amount of dollars in the bank. Or I'll be protected if I live in such and such neighborhood. Or I will be secure if I have such and such job or such and such education. And, And I fall into that all the time. But all the while, Jesus says, look, I am the true and better shepherd. Your security is not in your stuff or your education or your job or your neighborhood. Your security is in me. I'm the door. I will keep bad wolves away and I'll keep the good sheep in. He says, I will lay down my life for you. Ultimately, Jesus does that to secure for us eternal salvation and to give us the abundant life that he promises even here in John chapter 10. So friends, I just want to ask us all um, this Advent season to assess our lives in light of the good news of Jesus being the true and better shepherd. Do we uh, trust the good news that in Christ we are known and we can know God? In Christ that we are um, led in wisdom and with the good news, following God's will because we listen to the voice of Christ? Do we trust that in Jesus we are provided for both for our circumstantial needs but eternally that we have uh, everything we need for a life abundant and that Jesus as a good and true and better shepherd protects us? We belong to him and his fold. So uh, as we think about these things, uh, I'll say this, uh, try to seek some points of application because we've been talking about an Advent conspiracy being, you know, we want to worship fully, spend less, give more and love all. So, so what does Jesus being the true and better shepherd have to do with, with those things? Um, I'll challenge you with a couple things. Um, to worship fully since Christ knows us and we can know God. We can worship with joyful, abundant hearts, unhindered from our sin, unhindered by our idolatry, unhindered uh, by, by anything. We can worship God fully because we are fully known by God in Christ. And that's good news. It's really good news. Um, we can spend less because we see that that uh we don't have to um secure anything by our by our spending or impress anybody or anything we are accepted and loved by god and and therefore we belong to his fold so we can see that we are no longer like uh money makers and spenders but rather we are stewards of of opportunities and material things that god lays before us because we're his sheep this is his pasture right everything belongs to god so this gives us great opportunity I'll just share this, uh, just very briefly, and forgive me if this makes anybody uncomfortable. But hey, what the hey, right? Um, I, I'll just give you a vague example. This week, I had an opportunity to see a missional community within our church here who um, who does a lot of a lot of work uh, in the Harrisburg area, and they've volunteered for Turn Back the Block, and and they've done a lot of service opportunities in an urban environment. Well, this week I had an opportunity to go see them serve at Grovetown High School. Okay, these are like polar opposites. It's like you got got Harrisburg, inner city, Turn Back the Block, and then you have, hey, we're going to go out here and serve, you know, 80 or so high schoolers uh, that want to talk about the gospel. I mean, dude, you want to talk about being humbled. I drove home from that opportunity just thinking, man, uh, what a joy it is to see God working in the lives of people saying, look, we see that every opportunity is an opportunity God lays before us to give more, whether that be money or relationships or an opportunity to have a discussion. And that was huge for me. And um, may God get the glory for that. And forgive me if that made anybody feel awkward, but it, it's a joy to say that, you know what I mean? If God gives you an opportunity to serve somewhere, give all, all you can Uh, If God has given you a skill, you can give more because God has given you that skill uh, to glorify him and to serve other people so that people will say, hey, wait, Jesus is a true and better shepherd. I mean, our our whole point of being sheep is to, like, point to the shepherd. And so if Jesus is, is, if you know Jesus, he knows you, and if he is leading you and you're getting opportunities, and this is where it gets so complicated and and you just have to pray. We, We provide, I'm all over the map. Here we go. This is a bulletin, everybody. And if you look on your bulletin, we have a couple uh, questions for reflection and discussion and I hope that you would take these things this week and and read over the scriptures and as you reflect on on the meaning of Advent, that you would think through these questions personally that you would discuss them in your missional community or with your family and see how how God could radically change how we live our lives in light of this good news because if God has given you a sharp mind and you're an engineer or something like that or you work in the medical community and God has given you that sharp mind and those opportunities to glorify him uh, yes, to make a paycheck for your family but also the relationships you have at work are there for you to display how Jesus is a true and better shepherd. Because when you go to work tomorrow, and those are you who are teachers, for instance, I mean, good grief, our country just saw this tragedy in Connecticut and you have an opportunity to go to school. I mean, we need to pray for the elementary school teachers here at this school and just say, wow, I can't imagine the fear and the heartache they are feeling when there are 600 elementary school students coming into these halls. And just the weight that a teacher would feel here. And if you were a teacher, you have the opportunity God has placed you in that environment to show how in the midst of that hardship and tragedy, Jesus is a true and better shepherd, right? When you go to the medical community, if you you work in the medical community, whether you're a student or you were working, uh, you have the opportunity to show how Jesus is a true and better shepherd. So God gives us opportunities. Sometimes those opportunities are geographic because you live in a certain neighborhood. Other times they're relational because you have a friend that works over here and you get to go serve them over there this week. Sometimes it's monetary because maybe God has given you an opportunity to, to have uh, resources or, or money to give. Maybe it is a time. Maybe you have time to, to, to give uh, in such a way. And so here at Redemption Church, we are, it is our hope and prayer that as we talk about this Advent conspiracy thing is, is we're not looking for new creative ways to do anything. We're just trying to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus, who is the true and better shepherd and because of that, we are, we are changed because we are known by God and we know God and, and that we know, we can trust that He is leading us and providing for us and protecting us. And that changes everything about our lives, does it not? And so um, just think about those things. And uh, in our time of response, I'll just say this. I would encourage you uh, to repent. Um, that means to turn, to, to change your focus from, from this to this and I would say let's, let's repent of uh, self-sufficiency or repent of, of not uh, trusting uh, the personal work of Jesus as our true and better shepherd and let's turn and, and look to Christ and trust that he is our true and better shepherd, uh, fulfilling the promises that God laid before us in the Old Testament and is um, knowing us, leading us, providing for us, protecting us um, and believe that good news. Uh, May our hearts respond and worship, and may our actions uh, reflect the um, heart of of Jesus as our shepherd. Is that good? Is that fair? Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you for uh, this morning, a time to gather again with your people, as your people. And and Lord, I pray that um, God, in the midst of tragedy, hardship, uh, in the midst of a busy holiday schedule, in the midst of... um, navigating family dynamics and uh, travel and finances and calendars and everything else, uh, God, I pray that we would pause. God, that you would, you would quiet our hearts and minds uh, constantly to reflect on the birth of Jesus, our Savior. God, thank you that your son Jesus is the fulfillment of all of your promises in the Old Testament that are pointing to him uh, as our true and better king, our true and better shepherd. God, that in him we have salvation because he is our savior. We have security. We have identity as his people. We've been adopted into your family. And so God, I pray that this would shape our, our character and our identity personally and in our marriages and families. God, as a church community, that we would see that, uh, that in Christ we are one flock, one fold, that, that we have not been adopted just to be a collection of individuals, but, but rather we are, a, a, we are your people. Uh, Even here in this room, Lord, that we would see that uh, each person here is a gift to each other uh, so that we can just brag about how great of a shepherd you are to us. And so, so Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us opportunities to show off your goodness. God, in our conversations and our relationships within this room, as a church within our relationships in missional communities and our relationships in our neighborhoods and workforce and schools and extended family and in the the city in which we live God I pray I pray that we would be bold to lead where you're following that we would trust your provision and protection uh, because you know us and we know you And, and Lord in light of all of that may we make you known through our words and our actions this season we thank you in Christ's good name amen